Josh Cobb, uh, bringing to you live, um, well, not really live, it's pre-recorded, but you know what I mean, um, so today, I'm gonna do a little something different, um, cause the NBA been wildin', man, and it's been good to me recently, so, I got some wine on me, I am in my pajamas, I'm in my do-rag, and I'm gonna have a good time, I'm gonna have a good time today, cause, my guy LeBron came to LA. Yeah, he's my guy now. He he's my guy now. I, I ain't gonna lie to you. So give me a second. I'm a. If you just hear like a pause, like while I'm while I'm talking, that just means I'm pulling a swig of this wine I got right next to me. Um. So yeah, that's what I'm gonna be doing. So give me a second. Let me go ahead. And... <sighs> yeah. So that wine is. It's been treating me nice today. You know, I just got off of work. And, uh, yeah, I'm having a good time, man. I'm just sitting back and, you know, just kind of reflecting on what's going on. But, yeah, LeBron, man, LeBron, 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 LeBron. Um, so, yeah, we heard word that he, um, I'm going to jump right into it. Yeah, he he signed a, a three-plus-one with the L.A. Lakers, man. I'm just feeling good about it, man, because LeBron, I mean, it was, he did the inevitable. I mean, he had to leave. Um, there was no way he was going to stay in Cleveland. Um, I think that, did he make the best decision for him? I think that he could have made it work in, in Philly or Boston um, if he really wanted to chase a ring. But I think now, my initial reaction when he signed, I was like, you know what? You know exactly what that means. It means that LeBron... He's not ring chasing right now. Um, what he's doing, he's making a lifestyle change. He's making a lifestyle decision. And, I mean, could you blame him? I mean, if the money's right and you're staying in L.A., I mean, you're a, practically a billionaire. Like, I just think that, I mean, yeah, I, I think he made a decent decision for himself. Um and it turns out that um, Brownie signing, or not signing, but going to that that um, the high school in um, in LA it, it didn't mean something. It, it definitely wasn't nothing. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think LeBron's not really ring ring chasing this. Well, I would say for this year, for this immediate upcoming year, I think that whatever he did and that sit down with Magic, um, it basically set the set the tone and it kind of got on the same page. Obviously, if he signed a a three plus one with LA. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's really great. It's really great as a, as a LA fan. I'm happy that, you know, we're back relevant again. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that he, he's, he, he kind of, he kind of understands kind of where we're at in LA and he knows that the chances of winning a championship this year are pretty slim. Um, but he knows that ultimately they're on the right steps. 
Um, so this year it probably won't happen, but they'll still be in the playoffs and probably make a, a decent run. Um, I think that they'll definitely make it to the second round of playoffs, possibly the Western Conference Finals, depending on your seeding. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I like I like the move. I like the move, of course, for me. Um, I think that I like it because. Now it takes the redundancy out of the league. So, for like the past four or five years, we we knew who was going to be in the finals, ultimately. With LeBron and the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors, followed by Curry and KD and Draymond and Clay. We knew the end result every single time. We knew it every year, you know? Um... But I think this shakes us up. And I think it's a different storyline now. Now it's who's going to take over in the East. And I think Boston's going to take that take that step. But I think Boston and Philly are going to battle for the next five to ten years um, in the East. I think those are going to be the two big kings that are kind of battle. And I think that people like ESPN and, and, and people that make documentaries, sports documentaries, I think they're going to really look at this and um, – not only look at LeBron's move, but look at what he his move did to the East. I think that um, there's going to be definitely some 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 interesting um, playoffs um, series that um, that come from the Eastern Conference, and I think it's going to be thirty for thirty worthy. But that's looking way down the line. But right now, um, I like the move. Obviously, people you know wanted to follow suit and follow LeBron, so. LA got Lance, they got Rondo, um, but I think that now, obviously, when you have LeBron on a team, the team focuses and and gathers up a bunch of veteran a veteran utility players. So you see Lance coming, you see Rondo coming, um, you see uh, KCP. He's he resigned on the one year deal. I also like the fact that they signed a bunch of one year deals so they can still be eligible to get another max player um, next summer. Um, but the only thing I don't like about the the bra move is the young core that L.A. has. Um, we had the part ways with Julius Randle. Um, I like Julius. Um, and he definitely showed promise, especially last year, um, especially the second half of the year. He, he, he put together a lot of good games. Um but yeah, you, you, you have Kyle Kuzma, you have Brandon Ingram, you have Lonzo Ball, and that's still kind of like the nucleus of LA right now. And when you put those guys together and you add LeBron to the mix, that's going to kind of stunt their growth, um, and they're not going to get the touches that they once had. Um, now it's going to be LeBron's team. You know, and before last year, Brandon Ingram was getting a lot of touches. Where is he going to end up in the lineup now? And I think that now you got to have you got to choose between Kuzma and Ingram. One of them got to one of them's got to be the six man. Because um, you look at the lineup, it's going to be most likely Lonzo or Rondo at the one. Whoever wins wins out that battle, I think it's going to change periodically during uh, throughout the course of the years. But I think Rondo ended up ultimately taking it more games than Lonzo. Um, but I think it's going to be 
more up uh, yeah more yeah more games is gonna be rondo is gonna be kcp is gonna be braun and then it's probably gonna be um ingram and whoever the center is gonna be which is probably gonna be jabel mcgee at this point so one of them's gonna be on the bench lonzo's gonna be fighting for a starting spot and yeah, the growth of those they, those young players aren't going to be the greatest, and I and you know I I'm you know the feeling about that is a little bittersweet because um, I I think LA has had quality young players in the past three to four years. I think um, Larry Nance was a quality player, Jordan Clarkson was a quality player, um, and you see what they did before they they went to to Cleveland. Um, I think that's kind of interesting how. LeBron orchestrated that trade and then in ultimately went to LA and got rid of those those two pieces, which is kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, so they had Clarkson, they had Nance, they had D'Angelo Russell, um, they drafted Lonzo, had Julius Randle, uh, drafted Kuzma, drafted Ingram. So shout out to the Lakers for what they've been doing the last couple of years as far as drafting. They've been drafting quality players. It's just that they haven't been superstars, and it's kind of hard to ask for it. 19, 20 year old coming out of college to be a superstar, but they've been quality players, and I think they've been using them as assets. Um, ultimately, I still do wish um, I have a love for Ohio State, <laughs> Ohio State, just collegiate sports, and I wish that we would have found a way to make um, you know make it work with D'Angelo Russell. Um, but ultimately, we had to let him go. Um, the Mozgov contract was stupid. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I like what I like I like the move. It's just with the young core, it's gonna be interesting how like the dynamics kind of turn out, and then yeah, just kind of seeing if even Lonzo is gonna be on the roster. Um, and then also with the LeBron move, it kind of begs the question now: should should the Lakers still make a move at Kawhi? And my answer would be no, not right now, at least. I think that. With what they're asking for, with Ingram, Kuzma, Josh Hart, two first round picks and then two swap picks, that is too much. For that is that is too much for the fact that you're giving up a lot. Why not wait a year, sign him and get to keep those guys, you know, and to keep those assets, because um, you don't want your team to be barren. And to have nothing outside of your top two players. And that's not a recipe for winning the NBA championship in this day and age. Um, you're not going to beat the Rockets like that right now. You're not going to beat the Warriors like that right now. And I think ultimately, if you look, ultimately, if you're looking to win the championship, I don't think you do that. Um, so right now, I would hold off on that. Um, it, it's kind of unfortunate that Paul George didn't sign with with the Lakers. Um, I mean, his decision, obviously, being a Laker fan, I'm not the, the happiest person with that decision. But I think that I like it because it helps out a small market team. Um, so OKC, their selling point right now is the fact that they're they that they're they're trying to be loyal to the superstars and they're trying to pay them and they're they I think they they learn from what happened with KD and they learn from what what happened with James Harden and they're trying to better themselves moving forward. I think Paul George taking a risk on Paul George 
even getting that trade for the one-year rental and actually turning it out to be a four-year deal, which is ridiculous, and it's a slap in the face to kind of like the other teams that were interested in Paul George, like Philly and um, the Lakers, of course, because Paul George, that the four-year deal is ultimately a, te- a team-friendly deal. Not only do you get to keep him for four years unless he demands a trade, but if he would have signed a one-plus-one or two-year deal, he would have been eligible to make more money and get a possibly a bigger payout moving forward, even if you want to stay with OKC. So he gave them a, a discount, and he gave them security, and we, are, we know that they're going to be good for the next three to four years. And I think Paul George, I, I don't know what Russ did to him or what, what Russ said to him um, or Sam Presti, um, but yeah, he, he made a bold move, and we're going to see how that works out. Um, I wish he would have stayed with the Lakers, of course, but I mean, he would have went to the Lakers, of course, but I mean, he did what he, he did, what he did, and I mean, nothing was a guarantee. Um, Magic and the Lakers felt like he was he was already going to he had he was already going to come to the to the Lakers, basically is how they felt, and yeah, no, it it just didn't happen that way, and um, they kind of took us took a step back, was like, all right, wait, we'll just wait to free agency and sign them. And it didn't work out, um, but I think that also, I mean, I just previously stated that it that's probably should be the best game plan moving forward on Kawhi, um, but I think Kawhi's situation is a little different, um, just given the fact that Kawhi has explicitly stated that he 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 wanted to leave, um, so he's not gonna. I mean, he's not gonna stay with San Antonio by any means, but I mean, recent developments been saying that. Maybe Kawhi doesn't want to go to the Lakers necessarily. He wants to go to L.A., but maybe the Clippers, you know, because um, I don't know if he he wasn't want he doesn't want to be the se- the second fiddle to to LeBron, which is under understandable. Um, so I don't know if the Kawhi the Kawhi train is going to really work. Um, but other names that have been popping up have been Damian Lillard or Clay Thompson because um, he has a year left on his deal. Um, I like a Dame Lillard. I think Dame Lillard would be nice with LeBron. Um, Clay Thompson, of course, would be nice if you can sign him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade for Clay. I wouldn't give up. Like I said, I wouldn't give up that the young nucleus, the, the young core, um, to really get anybody unless you know for sure they're going to sign long term. They're going to sign long term. So I would say just kind of wait it out with with Ingram and Kuz and and just see kind of what what Kawhi does. Because to be honest. He's, his situation is really interesting. Um, I don't know. Nobody knows really what he really was. What's really gonna happen? I think the development is gonna make for a great like story, like a reunion story, like in like forty years when he's old and retired, and he can kind of give us insight on what really went down during this kind of interesting period in this in this development. But yeah, no, I I, I think it's really interesting how this is kind of playing out and. It shows you kind of how players feel about Bron as well, saying that he he didn't want to be the the second guy to LeBron. I think that kind of what I alluded to in the in the last episode. I don't think LeBron playing with LeBron is yes you're you're gonna see greatness and you're gonna ride you're gonna ride the wave, as they would say. Um, 
but playing with him is I can see how stressful it can be because when the team has its highest highs, it's because of LeBron. And when the team has the lowest lows, it's because LeBron has no help or LeBron's supporting cast isn't good enough. That's usually the narrative, especially in the recent years in, in, in Cleveland. Um, and you see kind of stars like Kevin Love and Chris Bosh and Kyrie Irving, kind of how they have, haven't been the, the happiest with playing with LeBron. And I think that Kawhi have seen that. And I think other stars like Paul George and, and things of that nature, I think they saw that. And they're like, I don't know if I really want to do that. I don't know if I want my career to be defined as, as that or to go have a, a big blemish on my career because of a, a narrative like that. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think that's that's interesting. I think that speaks volumes on on how certain players feel about LeBron. And, I mean, ultimately, you, you can't take nothing away from him. He's still a solidified top three player of all time. You have, I I say, I don't think LeBron, he's not going to be my GOAT. He's, he's not the greatest of all time, in my opinion. But I think he's going to go down as the best the best statistical player of all time. Um, if he keeps up this pace and he, he keeps playing all these minutes and he stays virtually like unbeaten, um, he virtually has no injuries. If he keeps going on this pace, he's going to be the best statistical player of all time. And I mean, that, that, that definitely accounts for something, but I think he still is not, he doesn't get the nod over, Mike, in my opinion, but I don't want to turn into a LeBron Mike conversation. But yeah, I think that's that's interesting. Um, but also keep to to keep going on 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 the Thunder. Um, Melo's gonna get a buyout with the Thunder after opting into his contract. Um, it's really, I think that was I think that was just the best thing for for the Thunder to do, R- regardless of you know keeping finances even out of it. Um, because finances is just an even more motive to even do it with the tax penalty. But Melo just isn't. I, I I saw on the NBA jump, Byron Scott was talking about the Melo situation. And I completely agree with what he said. He said that he doesn't see Melo being a good fit with any organization. And I completely agree. I think that Melo has... His talent right now, even though he's on the decline, he's still good enough to be in the league. He's still good enough to play in the NBA. He's still good enough to be a nice second or third feature on a team and get 15 points a game. He's going to get this 15 points a game regardless. If you can get 15 points a game in the NBA, you are going to have a job. But as far as chemistry, as far as playing within a system, and accepting your role. I don't see him with any, I don't see him being a, a asset to any organization. I think he is what some people will call a cancer. I, I, I truly believe that. Um, I'm not the, the highest on Melo. I mean, I always give respect to anybody that has been a, a generational player. And Melo's been one of them. He's been one of, if you're looking at basketball and landscape of, since the year 2000, Melo is going to be one of the most prominent players in the NBA. He's one of the pro, he's a prolific scorer that we have seen. But 
I'm just not that high on him. I'm not. I think he's one of the the most overrated players of our generation. Speaking for millennials out there and anybody born in the 90s, I think that Melo is one of the most overrated players that we've seen. Um, but he's still a great. He's still a great player. I, I don't want to. He's definitely not gar, tra, garbage or trash by any means. But I think he's one of the most overrated players that we've seen. Um, but yeah, I don't see. I don't see him fitting with any organization. I think he has to find a niche. He has to find a role and stick to it. I think he's still in the mindset that he could still be the number one guy on a championship team. That's not going to happen. I think that Melo has to be a third option. And I think he had problems accepting that third option role in OKC this year. And also, I think he needs to accept the fact that in today's NBA, as a high-volume, non-really, non-athletic wing, he needs to accept his role as playing the four. I think that he has... A very underrated post game. He can give you nice isolation buckets. And I think that if you feature him as a third option and he plays the four, I think that he can be serviceable for you. But I think he has to he has to accept that. And I don't know if he will. Um I think, yeah, I don't know. I can't see him with any team. Um I I mean, there's teams out there that probably will pay him, but I don't know. I they they said that this, the Heat, Lakers, and um and the Rockets are on on his radar. I I I can see him going to the Rockets because I know they just lost Trevor Ariza, and I know they want something to get over that hump, and with yeah, I, I with with Harden and Chris Paul being very ball dominant, I think that Melo would have no choice but to just be that feature guy. Um, well, not the feature guy, but be like a utility guy, the guy that can knock down shots. Um, if you look into Game Seven against Golden State in the Western Conference Finals, he's not going to miss. He's not going to go all of 10, 12, 13 um, on that nasty stretch they went on. I don't think Melo Melo would would have would be somebody that could that could snap that. So I I think that he could work with them. Um I know that also they've they've talked about him going to LA. Me being an LA fan, I don't want to see it. Um the only way I would want to see Melo in a Lakers uniform is if the Rockets say, look here, we'll trade you Melo Carmelo Anthony straight up for Luau Deng. And they take Luau Deng's contract. That's the only way I would accept it. If you're not taking Luau Deng's contract I don't want to. I don't. I don't want him. I don't. That's if I'm Magic Johnson. Though I'm saying that. I'm. I'm calling. I'm like, hey, we'll take Melo off your hands if you take this little all day contract, and we'll give you a, a second round pick, a couple second round picks, but we're not. I'm not going to give you. I'm. I'm. I'm not going to just. I'm not going to sign Carmelo Anthony to my team. That's just not what I want to do, and I can't imagine any rebuilding team is going to do that. Assigned Carmelo Anthony just because of the fact that he he's gonna stunt growth of young players and he's a chemistry liability. Um, so maybe I can see him maybe on like a Washington 
if he goes to, yeah, maybe he goes to Washington and, and tries to make it work there. I know they got a lot of strong personalities there, especially with Dwight just going there now. Um, but we'll see. I, I yeah, Melo's Melo's a he he has a he's had an interesting journey, and um, we we definitely are. I'm definitely interested to kind of see how that plays out moving forward. But yeah, we'll see. Um, but shifting gears, man. Before we shift gears, I, I forgot to take. Let me take another swig real quick. Cause I'm gonna need a little bit to talk about this, this, this move here. This, this is ridiculous. So we have Demarcus Cousins going to the Warriors, man, on a mid-level exception deal for one year. <laughs> oh man, this is a slap in the face to. Literally every other um, team in the league. It, the other 29 GMs, everybody else is just like, for real, another all-star. Like, you guys just needed somebody else on your team. And I think that's that's kind of what happened. Um, now, I think that the, the, the reaction in the NBA world by players and media members and fans are like, wow. Another All Star. What I mean, and yes, that's. I mean, I, I can't be mad at you for feeling that way. But if you look into the story more, um, a lot of teams were not willing to offer Boogie a contract. Um, they said that um, the, the Pelicans offered him a two-year, forty-mil deal near the end of the season, and during the off-season, they took the deal off the table. So Pelicans were like, "No, we're not going to offer you a deal." Other than that, no other team was really offering. No other team was interested in signing him. We're talking about a top 10 player in the NBA right now. At full strength, he is a top 10 player. Probably the best low post player that we have in today's NBA is DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins is a 25-point game scorer. He's going to average 25. He's going to get you 12 rebounds. He's going to get you five assists. He can shoot threes. He plays with aggressiveness. He plays with a, with a chip on his shoulder. This man is an all-NBA player. This man is an NBA all-star. And nobody nobody wants to take a chance on him be, because of an injury. And I understand that Achilles injury with a big can be very problematic. And Achilles injury is is tough. It's tough to overcome. We we see Kobe what what Achilles injury did to Kobe, but I would say that I mean obviously that's 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 on the bad side of it. But you can also look at people like um, Dominique Wilkins or or um, Adrian Peterson, people like that. They came back even stronger from the from the injury. So you don't know kind of what's going to happen with that. Um, and I think I'm I'm very eager to see. How that how that time kind of kind of turns out, but the fact that nobody really gave serious offers is ridiculous to me. And boogies and boogies and boogies voice, it's ridiculous, man. It it is ridiculous. Let me, let me take another sip to that because that's that is ridiculous. That's wild, man. But um, yeah. So I think that uh, well. I like that Boston ultimately wanted him. I like how Golden State wanted him. And I like how LA wanted him. But I I wish I I think that 
for a non-contending team, like a, a team that's not solidified contending in the Lakers. I think that I did the best thing by not signing Boogie. I think that just kind of throws out the chemistry for half a season. And there's no guarantee that you're going to be even in the Western Conference Finals next year. I think that, um, I think that's it. I think that was, I think that was a safe, a safe bet. I think that looking back on it, about the end of the year, I think, uh, sorry. Um, I think that Magic is going to look back on that and probably regret that move. Um, but I, I, yeah, you know, I, I, I can see why someone would not want to sign him. But if, if Boogie was, 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 was willing to sign a mid-level exception, I'm taking him. I'm taking him regardless. I don't care. If he's like, look, I got LeBron. You got LeBron on your team. I'm signing that mid-level exception. And Magic's like, nah. Uh, if I'm the GM, I'm like, all right, bro. We're gonna, we're gonna take this. We're gonna we gonna make this move. I'm rubbing my hands together. I'm 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 calling Rob Palenka. I'm like, oh yeah, we got him. You know, um, I'm calling LeBron. I'm like, look, we we got you an All NBA center. He's just you know not gonna be there for half the year. But also, I mean, I don't know if LeBron will be receptive to that, just given the fact that he just worked. He did that with Isaiah Thomas last year. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's really interesting. Uh, and even though Boogie on paper is isn't the greatest fit for a Golden State system that's kind of up and down and very perimeter centric and kind of pace and space. I don't you know, I know a lot of people are kind of questioning the fit, but I think that when you have a, a generational talent like DeMarcus Cousins, you have to incorporate him in your offense. And I think that ultimately it's a position that they can take a chance on. They've been their centers that they've been working with over the last couple of years: Zaza Pachulia, uh, Kevon Looney, Javale McGee, uh, Andrew Bogut. Like these are role. These are role like barely rotational bigs that they have that they've been that they've been playing with over the past couple of years. So this adds a new dynamic because. I've said before that the biggest the one of the biggest Achilles like the biggest weakness weaknesses that the Warriors have is the fact that they cannot play big basketball. They can't play traditional basketball with two bigs. Draymond's undersized and their centers are not good. Like they're they're serviceable, they're good in their roles, but they're not good overall players, you know? And they're making it work, but a matchup nightmare would be the Pelicans. If DeMarcus Cousins was healthy playing the Warriors in the playoffs, I think that would have been a different uh, a different a different series. Now I understand that the the Pelicans did play a little bit better without Boogie, but when the playoffs is all you know, the playoffs are about matchups. And I think that that's a matchup nightmare because you cannot I don't you can't play forty minutes. You can't play 40 minutes of just Draymond at center and KD at the four against Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. That's just not going to work. Um, so, yeah, I um, I think that um, the the pick is the pickup is big, um, but we'll see how they kind of how they, how they kind of mesh it all together. But that's that's a really big that's a really big uh, pickup. Um, and then also also they got Jonas 
Jarepko today. Um, a big that can shoot. Um, I think they're going to probably feature him. He's about 6'9", 6'10". They're going to probably feature him at center a little bit. Play him at the four behind Draymond. Still add some more shooting um, at that big possession. So I think that's something that we actually haven't seen from the Warriors is just adding bigs that can shoot um, in space before out. So adding Boogie and, and Jarepko is, 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 is big, and I think it's going to be nice with the system. Um, but we'll see. I think it's definitely something. I mean, if you're asking if it's something or nothing, big uh, Boogie signing, it's definitely something. I think that we're investing a little too much into the injury um, because, yes, of course, he's going to he's gonna miss games. But I think that's a risk you take with uh, – an MVP caliber type type guy. I think that's just the risk you take. Um, but yeah, no, that's 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 my take on that. Um, and now, I mean, just getting more into the free agency right now. I'm just gonna kind of just take a, a brief look at just the the free agency moves that I've seen so far this year. Within the first today is July seventh. Within the first seven days of free agency. Um. And just kind of just highlight some of my favorite moves. Um, of course, being a Lakers fan, Bron going to LA is one of my my favorite um, my favorite moves. Just right there, that's that's a favorite move. Um, I like that. Um, I know a lot of people are probably a little hesitant thinking about uh, Devin Booker signing that five year max contract with the Suns, but I like it for for Booker's sake. Um, I think that we we get caught up in the hype sometimes when people sign multi year deals, because we can they can always demand a trade, you know. And I think ultimately he he's getting paid, and I think that um, even though Phoenix has been bad for a while now, I think they're on the right trend. They had a good draft, um, and and locking up Devin Booker is good, so that means they're they're going to be on the upward trend. So it, I think they're going to peak right when the Warriors. And the Lakers and the Rockets are going to fall off. I think that um, the Warriors only have two or three more years left. Um, given, I mean, they have Curry locked up long term. But I think that KD could be a potential risk to leave. I think Clay could be a potential risk to leave. And I think Draymond could be a potential risk to leave. They're all going to want max deals. They cannot give everybody max deals given the fact that Curry already has the super max locked up. And I think that Eagles are going to get in the way and someone's not going to want to take a pay cut and they're going to lose stars. And this is going to be a great, great indicator this year because guess who's running up this year? It's going to be Clay. And Clay on most NBA teams, if not all, is a max player. He's a max deserving player. Um, he's a top three two-way player in this in this league, um, and you kind of have to have Clay. Clay is what makes the Warriors kind of work because um, just with matchup wise, oh wow, with matchup wise, you have you have to have Clay out there to guard the best guard on the opposing team. Um, that's just kind of how it's how it's been set up, and that's just the way it kind of goes. Um, when that, I mean, you can see like historically, matchup wise in the playoffs, the teams that they have this, the, the 
the biggest struggles get like struggles with are the teams with two great guards. So when they have um, when you have Portland, for example, and they have CJ and Dave in the backcourt, you can't hide Curry against against one of them. Curry's got to guard one of them, you know. And I think Clay kind of makes it work because Clay can make up the difference by guarding one of them and making it tougher, giving one of the guards a tough night. Um, so you got to keep that. But back to the list. Um, let's see another one. Zach Levine is an interesting story because he's coming off the injury. He played like half a season because of the ACL. Contract was up. And the Kings decided to offer him roughly a four-year, $80 million deal. And then the Bulls have decided to match it. I don't, the Bulls, I don't know what they're trying to do right now. It's it's kind of interesting because they have a bunch of young talent. I, I mean, they're probably trying, I mean, yeah, of course they're trying to rebuild, but I don't know what their direction is because they didn't, they didn't offer him first. They waited till the Kings offered him to match it. So I wonder kind of what's the reasoning behind that, but yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. But shout out to the Kings though for trying to make a move and, and getting somebody on that team. Um, Someone that's been a little bit more established and not, you know, trying to stockpile draft picks. But, yeah, I see that. Um, Kyle Anderson signing a four-year, $37 million deal with the with the Grizzlies is kind of outrageous to me. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, I think Kyle Anderson fits well with their system. He's a bigger guard that is pass first, long, can defend a little. But I, I'm not the biggest fan of giving him that much money. Also, Tony Parker leaving the 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 Spurs. I think it's gonna be this is kind of uh, the end of the Spurs as as we kind of know it. I I don't see if if they let if Kawhi you know once Kawhi I think it's a done deal at this point. But once Kawhi leaves, Duncan retired, Parker just left. Ginobili's gonna retire within the next year probably. And we don't really see any up-and-coming stars with the Spurs. It's just going to be LaMarcus at this point. I, I don't see the Spurs kind of turning around the franchise. I think the that little 15-year run, 10 to 15-year run they had is kind of dwindling down. I think that's going to be in as, in as we know it. But I think San Antonio probably might go down as probably the best small market team that we've ever seen in history, like the best small market dynasty. Um and they did it the right way. They drafted. They kept the stars. They traded everybody nice. And I, I like what they did. And they even drafted Kawhi. I mean, well, they traded for Kawhi on draft night. But, yeah, just just having that eye for talent, I think they're they're just a model franchise from top to bottom. That's just how you're supposed to run a franchise. I just like what they did. Um, but I think that's, that's, that's the end as we know it. Um but one thing I do like that's kind of going on the radar, I like what the Pacers are doing. They signed a physical center in Kyle O'Quinn, and they got Tyreek Evans, another guard that can score. They signed Tyreek Evans, who averaged pretty much 20 a game last year. Um, so you got Tyreek Evans, you got Victor Oladipo, you just drafted Aaron Holiday, you still have Darren Collison, you got shooters on the outside. I like the I like the Pacers. I, I mean, I still don't think that's enough to beat the the Celtics or um, the 76ers, but I like what they're doing over there. Um, and I and I always, I like teams that still try to make moves 
to position themselves into more wins, despite what other teams are doing. I, I always respect that. Just because the Warriors have an all-time great team does not mean that you just sit back and, and not do anything, you know? And so I I, I like what they're doing, and I and I congratulate it. And, yeah, any anytime I see somebody doing something of, of that caliber, like of that nature, I, I respect it. Um, but, yeah, let's see here. Um, but my favorite oh, – I was supposed to talk about favorites – but my, my favorite offseason move, I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. But it's just going to be um, L.A. not being thirsty, man. L.A. not being thirsty to sign uh, Kawhi. I mean, to, to trade up your whole franchise for Kawhi. I think that 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 was great. Because now you, you look at it, and Kawhi, didn't, he, he's, he's having second thoughts about being second fiddle to LeBron anyway. So you would have gave up your whole franchise, and if it would have fell apart, you would have lost Kawhi and that young core that you traded away and those draft picks. So I like what they did. I think Magic is doing he's doing a great job over there, and I'm I'm happy. I'm satisfied with what the Lakers are doing. Um, now, hopefully, the hometown team um, that I also root for here in Minnesota, Timberwolves, I hope they get it together. Um I probably can do a whole podcast on just the Timberwolves in itself because the Timberwolves are, are very, I think that's what I'm going to do my next one on. Because the Timberwolves are, are very, in the, they're in an interesting spot. And I feel like they're going to do what every other Minnesota sport does and just mess mess it up when they have the potential to, to make that move to be a contender. Um, But we'll see. But yeah, that's, that's all I really got for you guys today. Uh, but yeah, that, that just kind of got me going. Let me write that down. That's gonna, be, that's gonna be my episode five. I gotta talk about that because that the Timberwolves are really, really irking me. They they're really grinding my gears. I gotta drink to that. But yeah, man, that's bench points episode four. Uh, thank you guys for listening, man, supporting me um, on the SoundCloud, man. I, I, I do appreciate it. Um, I'm just a uh, just another black man trying to make it, man. I'm sitting here in my room with my do-rag. Um, but, you know, I appreciate you guys listening here. Um, if you have any thoughts about it or, um, you know, you want to comment, like and subscribe, do anything you need to do, ask me a question. Or if you want to have a debate, I'm always I'm always down for a basketball debate. You can do it in the comment section, hit me up, or better yet, you can, um, you can join me on my next episode. Um, hit me up. Um, I am always open to having people join me. Um, so yeah, we can go ahead and make and make that happen. But yeah, that's that's episode four, bench points with Josh Cobb, and I will see you uh, next week.